the deliverer, Father. We thank you for that, Father. And Father, if you were ever the healer, you are still the healer. If you were ever the, the deliverer, you are still the deliverer. Father, you declared in your word that you are the Lord and you change not. You said in your word, Father, that Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, Father, we thank you that you are always the same. How you bless mankind, how you desire to bless mankind has never changed, Father. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. Father, we give you all the praise for it, the honor for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Is he the way maker? Amen. You know, he's the way maker. Amen. Seems like if we're studying uh, on the topic of healing, we'd want to know how the Lord's going to make a way to do that. Well, that's the whole point of this class, right? And so, uh, you know, it's an honor to, to come to healing school. Uh, you think about uh, how much money the world spends on the medical industry every year. Uh, and um, how, how much people are desperate to find uh, healing every year, amen? And, you know, it doesn't matter uh, what your income level, sickness or sickness, amen? Uh, some uh, people that are wealthy have access to uh, more advanced medical treatments, but at the end of the day, if it's terminal, it's terminal. It doesn't care what your, what your bank account looks like. Uh, and so, uh, and the nice thing is, it's a lot cheaper than insurance, amen? And, uh, and uh, whatever he takes care of, there's no scars and no physical therapy involved after that. It's uh, supernatural health and healing. And so we're thankful for that, amen? Uh, and so um, I, there, there was a couple, we, we've been in Acts chapter three, and there's just a couple uh, other things I wanted to mention about this, where Peter and John had gone to the temple, uh, and he told uh, the man in verse four, and Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. Uh, and uh, uh, it's interesting that, um, I'm going to make sure I get this, uh, uh, what Dr. Yeoman said. So Dr. Yeoman had a quote here that I thought was helpful. She said, whether you get healed or not depends entirely on where you look. I thought that was a good phrase. Whether you get healed or not depends entirely on where you look. Uh, and so what, what is your focus, amen? Uh, and, and so, of course, uh, she brought up the point uh, with the children of Israel back in the book of Numbers where they had, uh, you remember they'd gotten rebellion, and then uh, every time they got in rebellion and sin, then things would happen to them. And in this case, they got in rebellion, sin, and snakes started biting them. They were dying uh, of the poisonous, the poison from the snake bites. And so the Lord instructed Moses after Moses interceded for the children of Israel, of course, which he did many times. Uh, he said, put a brass serpent on a pole. And he said, everyone who looks on this, everyone who looks on this serpent will be healed. Uh, you reckon somebody didn't look at the serpent? I'm sure there was somebody. You know, we don't have record of anybody in particular, but uh, surely somebody. I'm not doing that, you know. Uh, and, and, you know, then, and then they died, you know. And so, uh, but... Who did that brass serpent represent on the pole? Jesus. Jesus. He, he, in fact, references that story there in, in John 3. Of course, we know John 3, 16, about who's uh, uh, the God's soul of the world. But in verse 15, he talks about being set up on a pole, and if he'd be lifted up. Well, he's talking about reference to what Moses says. Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up. Uh, and so, <clears throat> uh, so what are you looking at? Amen. And you know, and I would encourage you, even, even if you are under doctor's care, and you know, I don't have a big problem with that at all, uh, or if you're on medical care or medicine care, you know, uh, what is your gaze on? Is your gaze on the Lord or is your entire faith and confidence in the pill or the medicine that you're taking? So really the question is, where is your confidence? Um, uh, and so what, what, is your, what is your gaze uh, upon, uh, even if you're under doctor's care? Uh, some people have great faith in their doctor. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, the problem with that is the doctors don't have great faith in their doctors, right? Uh, they, they, uh, they understand that, that it's, a, it's a limitation, amen? They only know so much. And uh, after that, after they've reached the end of their uh, knowledge, well, let's try this. And then, you know, you, you grow an extra toe out and they go, hmm, 
let's try something different, right? You end up with, with six, 10, eight, 18 toes, you know, and, and maybe, uh, maybe we should try something different, amen? Uh, but the Lord doesn't do that. And so, again, you know, I don't have a problem with, with the, uh, uh, going to the doctors. In fact, really, if you're going to go to the doctor, you should do what the doctor says, unless it's something that uh, I, I know for when, uh, something that's not really medically uh, related. Uh, my doctor had asked me, he'd asked all the questions about my health, and, and, um, and then he asked a question. He said, what, what do you ascribe your, your excellent health to? And, uh, you know, I'm sure he was thinking, well, I, you know, I sleep good. I get lots of exercise. I, you know, I go long, long romantic walks with my wife. Uh, I said, well, you know, as a Christian, I believe it's God's desire and will that we live in divine health. Uh, and he said, that's great. You should eat more vegetables. <laughs> I, uh, he literally said that. He said, you need to eat. I mean, he just asked me, you know, why are you in such good health? And I told him why I'm good in such health. He said, well, you need to stop eating so much meat and eat more vegetables because you're in great health. Okay, well, it doesn't make you any So, you know, I'm not going to listen to him because he's just, that's his philosophy, right? He's, well, you know, uh, mankind, you know, we didn't always have meat available. Well, were you there a thousand years ago? I mean, we don't know, you know. I mean, we got, you got cave, every cave painting's always got some buffalo they're killing, right? Seemed like they had plenty of meat. I don't know. I don't really know. I don't care. It's not worth arguing about. The point is, you know, he said, well, we didn't always have meat. I don't know that that's true. He thinks it's not true, but he doesn't really know it's true. Was he there? Were you there 10,000 years ago? I mean, I've seen the movie, but you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really change anything, right? And so, uh, I mean, mankind has always been hunter-gatherers, right? Uh, and so hunting and gathering. And so um, they were hunters before they were planters. And so, um, you know, I mean, that's his philosophy. He, he's a vegetarian, right? And so, uh, you, know who, you know who he is? <laughs> Yeah, and so, you know, and I'm, so I'm not sure if that he and I are going to get along very well because I'm thinking I'm going to live by faith. He's thinking I'm going to live by eating, you know, green grass and leaves. Uh, and so I don't see that in the Word of God. You know, I don't see, you know, that uh, eating grass and leaves is, is my ticket to health. Amen. Now, if the Lord specifically told me to do that, well, that's fine because the Lord knows how my body is made and the DNA of my body, and I may need to emphasize that, and that's fine, right? That's, that's, the, that's the physician, right? The physician, the Lord has told me many times, change this in your, in your natural life, and it'll fix that problem that you're dealing with. And so, well, why can't he do this supernaturally? I don't know. It's still supernatural. Didn't he tell me how to do it? Well, if it's supernatural, you know, one time he told, uh, he told me that uh, one of my kids were, were just uh, getting sick on a routine basis, and, uh, and he said the, their issue is, now they have low blood sugar and they need to eat on a more regular basis, right? So they need to keep some food, you know, on their, on their stomach and, and that will solve it. And it solved it. And we went to the doctor and he goes, well, yeah, I mean, that, that, uh, uh, that makes sense. And so the doctor confirmed what the Lord said, which is nice that the doctor confirmed what the Lord said. Yeah. Uh, but um, so is he not the great physician? Does he not know things? Amen. If he told you to eat grass and leaves, then you should eat grass and leaves, right? Uh, and so, <clears throat> so where, but where is your gaze? See, even, even if the doctor says something, uh, you know, you read, the, you read the fine print and it says, you know, it might help you with this. And then the, the next 100 lines are all the things that might, not, might happen if you do take this, right? You know, you, you might get an extra toe or you might start growing hair in your knuckles or, you know, the, I mean, all kinds of things. And so, um, so because it's a, it's an, uh, they don't know everything. In fact, there's some new medication that's, that's, that they've been putting out that uh, has been helping a lot of people with, uh, with their weight, right? A lot of people have been uh, getting, uh, losing a lot of weight from this new medication that's on the market. Uh, and they say, we have no idea why this works. We shoot it in them, they lose weight. We don't know why it is. You know, we, we suspect maybe it's this, but it could be Tuesday. I mean, it could just be because we did it on Tuesday between 12 and 1 a.m. Uh, I mean, that's, they have no idea. And how many times have we heard that exact same story, right? All kinds of medications, you know, yeah, we did this, and this effect occurred, but we have no idea why this effect occurred. Um, and that's fine. I mean, you know, at least they found something, and, amen? And so we're not trying to disparage the medical industry. We just have to understand their, their knowledge is limited. You think about, they have been studying the, the physical body for centuries, right? Uh, early on, very illegally, right? We'll go dig up somebody out of the grave and go, hey, let's cut this open and see what, what happens, right? Uh, or they, you know, the history, medical history is filled with 
terrible stories of, of experiments on people that you know, they had not done. You know, back in the 50s, uh, one of the things they would, they would do to uh, fix uh, uh, problems with pers personality disorders is they would drill a hole in your brain and do what's called a frontal lobotomy and, and basically suck out uh, of your brain the part of you that becomes is you. And then people become very passive and not in any trouble. So, See, isn't that great? You just make a brain dead is what you did. And then they don't do that anymore, right? I mean, that's like, they're like, yeah, we're sorry about all that, you know, and, and uh, but they, that was, anybody remember those days when that was a, a prescribed treatment? You know, what we should do is we should drill a hole in your brain and this was only 50, 60 years ago. This was not like 150 years ago. This was, you know, in, in our modern times. Let's try this, see if it works. Oh, look at the great results, you know. Uh, Susie Q is just passive and calm, and yeah, she's a vegetable is why, right? And so, uh, that, you know, that, that, that's, uh, that's part of the medical history. The Lord has never done that, amen? If he cures you of something, there's no scars or wounds or anything about it. So we're thankful, thankful for the Lord, amen? Uh, and so uh, let's turn back to, uh, to Mark 16. So uh, uh, part of what we talked about uh, last week was what is, the, what is the foundation for why Peter and John was able to pray for this man and get him healed? Now, what's, the, what's the biblical foundation of why they had to do that? And of course, some people will say, well, it's because they were apostles. There's nothing in the Word of God that says that if you're an apostle uh, that... Uh, uh, because you're an apostle, that you automatically can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Uh, but we do have the scripture here um, that says in Mark chapter 16, it says in verse 15, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils, I shall speak with new tongues. And you come down to the end of that. It says, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So in my name, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So that is the foundational principle, foundational of faith of why Peter and John said, look on us. Because he told us we could go and lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Uh, and, and that's their basis of faith. He didn't, they didn't say, well, because we're apostles of the Lamb that we can do this. Because there was only 12 apostles of the Lamb and yet there's at least another dozen or so uh, apostles mentioned in the Word of God, in the book of Acts, and other places. So it wasn't just limited to the apostles of the Lamb. And they say, well, it was the apostles of the Lamb and those that they laid hands on, right? Well, Ananias, we read about Ananias in Acts chapter 9, how he went and prayed for Paul, right? And he regained his sight and, and um, got baptized with the Holy Spirit, spoke with other tongues. He was an apostle. He didn't have any, nobody laid hands on him. Uh, and so, uh, you know, the, the, when people say things like that, oftentimes what you find is they'll find some obscure scripture and they'll use that for the basis of their doubt and unbelief and, and ignore the weight of a thousand other verses that, that uh, contradict what, they, what, they, what their presupposed idea of that verse was. Uh, and, you know, that, that shows that they are a poor student of the word because we all have ideas. Of, you know, I think God does this because of this one verse. And then uh, what you should do is then go, well, let me go run my references and see if this, is, this concept is mentioned anywhere else and what the context of the Word of God says about that idea. And, and if it's a wrong idea, then what you should find is that the weight of the Scriptures deny that particular idea and you should throw it on the junk heap of history as opposed to, I'm not changing, that's, it's, that's just the way I see it. Now, who cares the way we see it? it? What matters is what does the Word of God say? So a good student of the Word will always attack any new idea they have. You know, I do that all the time. I get some idea about something, and then I go, well, let me go see what the Word says. And I'll go and, and, and read this verse. You go, well, you know, that kind of supports it. And then you read another verse. Well, that kind of, you know, and then you read another verse. Well, and then after a while you go, well, okay, I'm just going to forget what I just thought about that. And that should be a normal, healthy process of our lives. Amen. So uh, it says that the promise here is that they can lay hands on the sick and they recover. But the question is, uh, who is qualified to lay hands on the sick and, the, and for them to recover? What does the beginning part of that, that uh, promise say? He that what? Believes, believes right? Yeah. He that believes shall do these things. Well, it never works for me. Well, what's the order of events? Believe first, and then you lay hands, and they recover. That's the order of events. 
well, I'm going to just lay hands on him, see if, see, if that, see if it works. Well, then you're saying, I'm going to lay hands, I'm going to see if it works, and then I'm going to believe. Well, is that the order that the Lord prescribed? The medication, right? Take this three times a day. You know, I don't think I need to take it three times a day. I think just once is fine. I mean, I know the doctor said three times a day, but, you know, that's excessive. I'm not doing that. You know, I'm, I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. Uh, and, of course, then he's like, well, doctor, it's not working. Well, did you follow the, the prescription? Well, you know, I mean, I, I sort of did. I did take some uh, the way that you told me to, but well, not really the way you told me to, but the way I thought I should do it. You know, that, that bottle, you know, I don't, I don't really believe that. And the doctor's going to be like, well, uh, you know, these things have been tested. You know, if it's good medication, it's been well tested. They test everything, right? They test how much you should take, uh, how often you should take it. Uh, and they've done all the, the studies, right? I mean, I know they're not perfect, but generally speaking, if it's a, if it's a well-studied uh, type of medication, the whole point of it is we need to know how often you should take it, what amount of milligrams should be in the pill when you take it at that time of day, how often you take it, whether you should take it before you eat or after you eat. They test all those things, you know, and they go, yeah, we notice if you take that before you eat, everybody dies, so make sure you take it after you eat, right? I mean, so... Uh, they, they have done a lot of those studies, and my faith is not in them, but, you know, generally speaking, the scientific uh, process that they go through until politics get involved is, is generally a pretty good one. Uh, and so if the Lord prescribed to us that these signs shall follow them that believe, follow them that believe, right? So believing first, signs follow afterwards. That's the order of events. Do you believe when you lay hands on the sick, they'll recover? So what's your faith? What's your faith in that? I don't know, let's try and see. Well, then see, you're, you're, you're not doing it according to the directions that the, that the, that the doctor gave you, right? The doctor, uh, the Lord, the doctor Jesus, right? That he gave to you. He gave you a pill. Do this in this order, and you'll, you'll, you'll recover. Well, I ain't doing that, you know? That's just, that's just, that's, that's not right there. And so, um, so the, the Lord, you know, is he not a great doctor? He's the great physician, right? Uh, you know, uh, and I've had people come and, and talk to me as a pastor, you know, and, and as a minister, and say, you know, I'm struggling this thing in my life. Uh, and, you know, oftentimes when people do that, the Word of God just rises up. You know, I don't have any great wisdom about anything, but the Word of God is full of wisdom. Uh, and they said, I'm just struggling with this thing right here, struggling with this. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, every day when you get up, read Philippians 4, 6, 7, and 8. Three verses every day. Philippians 4, 6, 7, and 8. You know, they were dealing with uh, being anxious and, and fretting and worrying. Uh, get up uh, uh, every day, right? So just once a day, not even three times a day, right? Just once a day, read these three verses every day. Uh, and then, then you check on them. Have you been reading those verses every day? Well, I did at first, but, you know, I, I just got busy and I forgot and but they would never do that for their medication. I mean, some people, it's like, you know, the bell rings and they run to the kitchen, find the pill. You know, the, the alarm goes off their phone and they'll take it. I mean, and nothing will stop them. They'll run over children and dogs and cats and, and to get to that pill and make sure that they do it exactly when they're supposed to do it. But, you know, if Dr. Jesus says, we'll read three verses a day, it's like, oh, it's so much work. It's just exhausting, you know. You'll take this pill that you got to go lay down after you take it because it makes you feel not well. You'll do that no matter what happens, but you won't read the word of God. I thought he said that his word is medicine to all of their flesh. Didn't he say that in, in Proverbs chapter four, right? Health or medicine to all of their flesh. Yeah, but you know, that doesn't work as good, nearly as good as this pill from the doctor. Uh, that's not really true, but you know, I mean, that's some, some people's faith and their medication and the doctors is really high. And their faith in, in the medication in, in Dr. Jesus is really low. Uh, but these signs shall follow who? Them that, Them that believe. Amen. So the order, there is an order of events. Uh, and if we choose not to follow the doctor's orders, then we shouldn't be surprised to not get what the doctor promised that we would get. Um, and so uh, we, we should, you know, the thing that I struggle with uh, as a minister is, why are we not nearly as diligent about the word as we are about natural medication? Uh, I mean, just at least be equal diligent. You don't have to be more diligent, but just be equal diligent. Uh, if you're dealing with something, then get up every day and read, read about that thing that fixes it in the Word of God. 
or confess it every day. I mean, after a while, you don't just have to read it. You know, and I'm think it's I think it's good to read it. Just it keeps you in the habit of saying it. Uh, but what's your confession? Is your confession every day that that I will overcome this and this will leave, or is it? Well, I tried it for a couple of days, but you know, but the doctors say well, this is a 30-day prescription. And you know, well, I took it for three days and nothing happened. Well, why didn't you take it for 30 days? Well, you know, nothing happened. I know, I know nothing happened because it doesn't work that way. It's, it's a slow increase, and eventually after 30 days, it will have the attended effect. Well, I just don't know if I, if I believe that or not. Oh, based on your 12 years of medical experience and medical training and, and knowledge and 20 years of medical uh, experience as well, um, what, what is your, what's the basis of the statement that I don't believe that it works? You know, well, I tried it. Well, well what about the other 10,000 people that have tried it and, and were successful at it? Uh, and so, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, um, uh, you, you know, uh, of course, the other thing can be true, too, right? The, the, you know, they did, they did a, a long-term study over dozens of years, like 10, like, I don't know, maybe 10, 20, 30 years about people taking vitamins. Uh, and for normal, healthy people, right? So we're not talking about the, the, the edge cases, but normal, healthy people. Uh, what did they find out about that? This is like hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands of people that did a 30-year study on, on taking vitamins, and they found at the end of the day, at the end of the day that uh, whether a healthy person takes a vitamin or a healthy person takes, doesn't take a vitamin has no effect, basically no effect. And if you notice, there, there's almost no vitamin commercials anymore on TV. I mean, you know, used to be there, you know, one a day this, and, you know, then you got uh, silver this, and, you know, gray-haired this, and older decrepit vitamin this, or, you know, and it was all kind of, all these vitamins, uh, and, I mean, you just almost never see them anymore. Well, why? Because the, the, the actual scientific study said these, for healthy people, you know, some people have to take special vitamins, you know, but for healthy people, they have zero effect. You, have, you can't add a single day to your life by taking all these vitamins. And they used to push them, you gotta take these megavitamins. Remember megavitamins, right? Uh, which were really bad for your liver, but, um, but then, you know, I've talked to people about that. I mean, I don't care, take a vitamin, none of my, none of my business. Oh yeah, no, that's not true. Oh, based on your 30 year study on, on, with 10,000 people uh, of taking vitamins, uh, did you publish a paper? Uh, and study 10,000 people for 30 years to determine this? Or do you just, I, you know, it, it makes me feel good. Oh, fine, you know, you're the one out of 10,000 that, that uh, uh, one of, you know, that apparently it works, right? Look, I, I don't care. You take all the vitamins you want to. If the Lord tells you to take a vitamin, you should take a vitamin, amen? Uh, and so it's, uh, uh, the question is, what is your faith in, amen? These signs shall follow who? them that believe, right? The believers. The believers shall lay hands on the sick, right? And so, uh, and I like, the, uh, I like the way that he says that, right? Uh, these signs shall follow them that believe. Uh, and so, so was, uh, was the basis of Peter's faith upon his position as apostle or based on what the Lord Jesus had commissioned him to do? And the whole church, not just Peter, but the whole church. It was based upon what the Lord Jesus had commissioned the whole church to do. Amen. Uh, he came to the whole church and he said to the whole church to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Uh, and so has, uh, uh, has did, or did Peter do anything else other than Acts chapter 3? Well, he did, right? He laid, uh, remember the, the, uh, in Acts chapter 9, he, he went to Aeneas' uh, house uh, and uh, he said, and this is Acts 9.34, Peter said to them, Aeneas, Jesus Christ, maketh thee whole, arise, make thy bed. And he arose immediately. So Peter did other things, right? He did other healings. And of course, we know uh, from earlier in the book of Acts, that the very shadow of Peter would fall upon people and they would be healed. Right? They'd bring people out to the streets. Uh, and well, did, was Peter's shadow, like, was it anointed? Was it anointed shadow? Is that a thing? Can you have an anointed shadow? And this is, where, this is where it's helpful to understand the whole counsel of God because if you're not careful, you, you, you create a shadow doctrine, right? Um, and, and it's got to be shadow from the sunlight. It can't be a shadow from an LED light. That doesn't work. You know, it's got to be shadow, sunlight shadow, right? Is, is that a thing? It's not, it's not, a, it's not a, neither one's a thing, right? It's not a thing. So wh what was going on there, right? Uh, and, and in fact, uh, you know, it might be helpful to just turn over there. What is it? 
Acts chapter 5 there, in that story there where, where Peter was doing that. Uh, and so, um, uh, it says here in Acts chapter 5 and verse 15, uh, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. And there came also a multitude out of the city round about Jerusalem, bringing sick folks with them who were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. Uh, so it, it, wasn't, it had nothing to do with a shadow. It has to do with, if you understand how the Spirit of God works, the Spirit of God it will manifest himself uh, in a tangible way. And, uh, and if you're spiritually perceptive, you can sense the Spirit of God on somebody's life. You can sense the Spirit of God on a minister or a Christian uh, who is yielding to the Spirit of God who is walking in the Spirit of God, and you can sense that. Uh, and you can sense it at a distance, right? Uh, and so what is that distance? Well, it's probably about one shadow's length is about how much you can sense that. Uh, and, and, and it really depends on, on how yielded that person is to the Spirit of God. And the more yielded they are to the Spirit of God, the, the greater that sphere of, uh, of the presence will be felt among those around them. So it's not, it's not got anything to do with shadow. It's just that that happens to be about the distance that, that they could sense the Spirit of God on Peter and then receive from that. Uh, and so because that lines up with everything else, what's the source of all of our power? It's always the Holy Ghost, right? It's not, there's no power in shadows, right? Uh, uh, we had one person get really bent out of shape about, uh, we were talking about Acts 19, about how... Um, uh, how Paul would, would uh, take handkerchiefs and aprons from his body and send them to people and they would be healed or be delivered from demonic spirits. And again, is there, is there like magic, magic cloth that, that, that has somehow uh, healing properties in this magic cloth that they wove from uh, pomegranates from Egypt or something? I mean, you know, is there some special cloth that has healing properties? Well, see, if you're not careful, that's what you get into. You get into mysticism. You get, oh yeah, we've got this special, we've got this special plant, and if you make a cloth from this special plant, people will get healed from that. You know, I've never heard that, but I bet somebody has told that story, right? And if you'll send me a donation, we will get you one of these cloths made from the special material that uh, is inherently capable of healing your body. Uh, that sounds like snake oil, but uh, you know, the, there, was a, there was people that at one point in time said, if you send us a donation, we've got a special red string, just a string, red string, and if you tie it around your waist, it will cause you to lose weight. And then they said, and, and, if, and if you're too skinny and you tie it around your waist, it'll cause you to gain weight. Well, what if you tie it the wrong direction? <laughs> you know, now you're big and you get twice as big. Like, I tied it in the wrong direction. I mean... Is that a thing, right? Now, that's such a scam. You know, to me, it's embarrassing that intelligent Christians ever sent that person a dollar. Yet, you, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't have an audit on them, but you think they got a lot of money? I bet they got a ton of money. And, and where'd they get the string? Same place that the guy got, remember, the guy with the, with the, uh, the miracle uh, Bible uh, oil? Uh, anybody remember that from a few years back? Uh, where did he get the miracle Bible oil from? They did an analysis that said this is the exact same chemical, uh, uh, chemical makeup as oil from tractor supply. Wow. God and tractor supply use the same oil. That's a miracle in itself, right? That God uses... No, it was just a guy going down getting buckets of, of tractor supply oil and then lying to everybody. And yet he was all over the country, all over the country. People... He came to Dayton, remember? He came to Dayton, Right. I said, he comes in, he ain't coming to my church, you know, and I, I ain't mad at nobody. But when he came, I was the dumbest thing I've ever heard, right? Uh, and so, because what was getting all the attention? The tub with the Bible in it. Wasn't the Lord Jesus? Come see the tub with the Bible in it. Well, if something other than Jesus is getting the glory, it ain't Jesus. Uh, and so that, to me, that's, I mean, that takes like a nanosecond to look at it and go, okay, who's getting the glory? The, the guy carrying the tub with the oil is getting all the attention okay, then that's not God. Uh, th that shouldn't be hard to do, but, and yet thousands of people. I actually, somebody came to me in, in this building, said, I've got a vial of it. It'll never run out. And, you know, I'm not a rude person, but I really wanted to grab it and just pour it out and just see it. Give me that, give me that vial. I want to pour it out here because it'll stain the carpet. We'll pour it outside, right? 
because uh, it's tractor supply oil. It might stain the carpet, right? If it's God oil, it wouldn't stain the carpet, but if it's tractor supply oil, it's going to stain the carpet. Uh, and so, uh, and, yeah, and th this, this is special oil. So now the healing power of God is in the oil? See, there's no healing power of God in the oil. Right? He did say, you know, you can anoint with oil, right? Is that one of the methods that God has given to us to heal? Is there something special about the oil? I mean, we've got oil here that uh, we keep in our little drawer here. Sometimes we use it, you know. And uh, let's see what the special oil is here. It says, frankincense, young living. Oh, it's young living, nice. Uh, frankincense, 1994, 100% pure, therapeutic grade essential oil. Wow, that's really anointed. Uh, and, and so uh, its uh, ingredients is Boswellia, Cartelia, frankincense oil. I don't even know what that means. Uh, and so, anyway, that's, that's our anointing oil. Is there, you reckon there's any, any supernatural power in that bottle of oil right there? No, we got that on the shelf somewhere at Walgreens or, you know, you buy it from specialanointingoil.com or something. And, uh, and so, uh, but there's no inherent miracle power in the oil. It's a, it represents the oil of the Holy Spirit. Since we can't see him, sometimes it's helpful to have a natural thing to connect with to, that, represents Je that represents Jesus, really the Holy Spirit. Remember the woman uh, went to Jesus, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. And she touched the hem of his garment, and what happened? She was made whole. Was made whole. Well, w w did Jesus, w did he weave that garment from special anointed uh, garment cloth? No, it was, it was probably a nice garment. I imagine Jesus wore really nice garments, you know, but it was, there was no thing inherently anointed of that garment. It was just natural material. But it had the capacity to carry the anointing of Jesus, the anointing of the Holy Spirit in that material and to transfer that. And that's what happened with Acts 19. With, with, when, when we uh, take the cloths, we, we have cloths up here. We can pray for that. And when we pray for that, the power of God will go into that cloth and it will reside there for some period of time. We don't know how there's no, you know, you can't really do a scientific study on it because it's not a science, right? It, it's not, it will do it as long as the Spirit of God wills for it to do it. Uh, and it will wane after a period of time. It won't last forever, but it will wane after a period of time. And, uh, uh, and so we're thankful for that, but, but what happens all, all too often is we take our eyes off Jesus and we take, put our eyes on the thing, on the cloth, on the oil, uh, on the whatever, whatever, right? Uh, and we think that that thing has the inherent ability to heal us. Uh, because we're, uh, as, as, a, as a general rule, you know, humanity is very carnal, right? Very natural. We want to look for things. We want to see things. And our faith wants to be in the things that we see. Uh, and, and so you've got to guard against that. You've got to be careful to not yield to those things. Because uh, it all becomes voodoo then. It all becomes voodoo magic. And, oh, I've got this special cloth. Or I've got a special Bible. Or I've got the special oil. I've got the special... Uh, red string. I've got the special thing, uh, and and Christianity is filled with, with uh, all kinds of snake oil things like that. Uh, and so, what is your faith in? Peter's faith is was in these signs shall follow them that believe. I believe, so I'm expecting signs to follow after my believing. And so, uh, this man needs help. Look at me. I can help you. Uh, and so, uh, was he a doctor? No, he was not a doctor, right? Uh, and so, uh, uh, so for us, you know, it's been 2,000 years since Jesus spoke those words in Mark 16. Has anything changed in the plan of God for the church? Is there some new thing that he came along and said, well, well, that's expired. And a lot of people will say things like, well, once, once medicine has been developed, uh, God no longer heals supernaturally. And that sounds really dumb to me because... Uh, when did, when did COVID-19 happen? Uh, 20, well, 2019, that's why it's called COVID-19, right? <laughs> it wasn't a trick, it was, you know, that's the thing, right? Uh, it was called COVID-19 because they, just, they discovered how it became prevalent in the world in 2020, but it was discovered in 2019. Well, then it wasn't around 2,000 years ago. So you, you, wait, you ran, waited around another year or two, you reckon there's gonna be something else? The plague of 2025. I mean, who knows what it's going to be that, wasn't, that, wasn't, that doesn't exist right now. There's no medicine for it. 
And so if, if, if we say, well, as of today, we stop believing God because medication has, has conquered the, the, uh, the ills of the world, that is not true. How many things are still, they have no idea what causes it and how to cure it? What's the list of things? It's a long list, you know, and then list, list changes every day, right? Some new thing comes around. You remember in the 80s, what, what happened in the 80s? What, what uh, uh, epidemic happened in the 80s? It was AIDS, right? Remember when AIDS came along? I mean, back then, if you got AIDS, you died. You got AIDS, okay, let's go get you a gravestone because you will die. There's no, no cure, and it's a terminal sickness. And, of course, it was prevalent primarily in the homosexual community. Uh, that's one good way to, to you know, encourage you not to do those things, right? Uh, and a lot of people, that's the judgment of God. It's the judgment of sin. It's just sin, right? Sin opens up the door to the devil. Uh, and, you know, you play with fire, you're going to get burned. It's not that the Lord is doing it. Amen. He's not putting the, the, the judgment on that. He has stayed the judgment while the Lord Jesus is, after Lord Jesus was crucified. And there will come another judgment at some point in time once people have rejected him summarily and said, we will not accept Jesus. And at the end of time, when the Lord has said that uh, the opportunity to repent and receive him by faith has come to an end, then whatever is left that hasn't been accepted for the work of Jesus will then fall under the judgment and the wrath of God at that point in time. But between now and then, the Lord is not judging in that way because that was all covered with Jesus. And if the church would understand that, we would quit saying, well, God sent the hurricane, God sent the tornado, God sent the earthquake, God sent the plague. He's not sending these things now. Those things are on pause because of the work of the Lord Jesus. They will resume at the, in, during the, the tribulation period because they will have, have ended their opportunity to accept the grace and the, and the mercy of the Lord Jesus. But between now and then, you know, now, now the Lord does do things sometimes. He will take his hand off of people, his hand of grace and protection off of people. And remember, Paul told the, the man in, in 1 Corinthians 5 that, that he has, uh, 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 what's the phrase that he used? That, that he's given over him to, to, to Satan for the destruction of his flesh. But what did he do? He, he just asked the Lord to take his hand off of him, the hand of protection, the, the hand of grace, the hand of mercy off of him uh, and, and just let, let the devil just do what the devil would do if, if there is no constraint. If, no constraint on, if there is no constraint of the devil, there would be no humanity tomorrow. The devil would just come wipe out all of you. He hates everybody. He hates the people that hates God. He hates humanity because we're made in the image and likeness of God. Uh, every time he sees us, he hates us because every time he sees us, he sees God. And so he hates humanity, whether they serve him or not, he still hates them. Even those that, 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 that love Satan, because they're stupid, they, even though those that love Satan and worship him, there are people who worship Satan, right? And they call them Satanists. And uh, Even though they say they love Satan, he hates them. And, and it's funny because God loves everybody. Even the ones who hate God, he still loves them. So, and why would you serve somebody that no matter what you do, they hate you? It's not that they, they, they tolerate you, they hate you. Uh, if you serve them every day, they hate you. And, you know, one thing I, I read uh, reading one time about well, this one person who took some trips into hell by the direction of the Lord. And, you know, you've got to take it with a little bit of grain of salt. We don't have a lot of details on that, but it seems to fit with the scriptures we know. And they said some of the worst punishment was reserved for those who served the devil the most because he hated them so much. He despised them so much uh, that despite them, he gives them greater uh, persecution and torment in hell uh, because they served him all those years. And he's going to show, you, show them uh, to give them. You think about the regret that they have. That person's got way more regret for serving the, the devil and then him tormenting them than the person who, who did their best and just, just couldn't find a way out of it. Uh, that they've got, a, they've got a harder time, amen? Uh, and so, so the, the, Lord, uh, the Lord has not, this has not come to an end, right? These things are still available to us today. Uh, and, and so the church, the, to me, this should not be even a controversial subject, right? This is, and it, it really isn't, but, um, but it, in, in the church as a whole, it's very controversial. Uh, and, and I really, you know, I mean, I understand essentially from the spiritual standpoint that who's got the most invested in the church not believing in healing? Devil. The devil, because every sickness and disease will hinder the church from completing its commission. If you're sick in bed, can you get up and go into all the world and preach the gospel? No. So the sickness is not about 
anything else other than you, uh, he does not want you to be out, uh, about the Lord's business. And if you're in bed, you cannot be about the Lord's business. And people say all these foolish things. Well, you know, God got the glory when I got sickness, you know, and these things. And, and, and it's no. You know, he may have got glory in spite of your sickness, and that's fine. But how much more glory would have gotten if you got supernaturally healed? And you walked out of the hospital and said, boys, I'm, God came through. I'm heading out. And, well, we, didn't, we thought you were terminal. I was, but the Lord Jesus appeared to me last night and healed my body. I'm, 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 how much more glory would God get for that? Then, oh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm nice. Sorry. Sorry I was a little cranky yesterday, but I was feeling really bad. You know, I know you gave me that morphine to uh, help me a little bit. Not be so cranky, but... Uh, and of course, you know, we, we don't disparage people that are sick, uh, but, uh, but we've got to be careful to, to not ever fall into the trap of that these things have come to an end. Uh, and they haven't come to an end. There's nothing, there's no scriptural foundation that says these things have come to an end. Uh, and, and so if, if there's no scriptural foundation, then what's your faith in? Your faith that has come to an end is based upon what scriptural foundation? There's no scriptural foundation other than you look out the door and go, well, that, that guy, you know, that guy's sick, so God must stop doing that. Well, that guy's going to die and go to hell as God stops uh, saving people. Uh, you know, it's just, it doesn't make any sense, right? We don't base our, uh, we should not base our faith upon things that we can measure and see, amen? Uh, and so, um, so, that, so it has not come to an end, amen? Has Jesus lost his power? That she asked that question at the end of that chapter. Has Jesus lost his power? No, he's not lost his power, amen? And so our confidence has to be, in, has to be that he hasn't lost his power. And, you know, now, now, now the thing that we've got to understand is, does that mean that, that we will never be attacked with sickness again the rest of our life? I mean, just forget sickness a while, for just a second. Will anybody ever persecute you the rest of your life? Will somebody come up and say, you know, I can't believe you're a Christian. What's wrong with you? You know, uh, you should all, you know, uh, we should burn every church. Is there persecution still going on? What if you're a Christian? I thought, I thought God loves me. Well, there's still going to be persecution. Amen. Is it, is, are there going to be afflictions? What does the Old Testament say? Many are the afflictions of what? Aren't you righteous? Uh, has affliction stopped because Jesus went to the cross? Has every, every person in the world stopped doing evil things? No. Uh, and so there, there will be uh, both persecutions and afflictions that come up in your life. But what did, what did the Lord say? Many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord does what? Delivers, Delivers them out of how many? From all of them. So, so when these things come, our response is there's a way out. There is deliverance for this thing, for this affliction. Now, the affliction could be sickness. The affliction could be persecution. The affliction could be, you know, just uh, people talking about you, whatever the thing is, uh, coming against you, trying to destroy your character, destroy your livelihood, destroy something about your life. That would be an affliction. Uh, but our faith should be, oh yeah, that's an affliction. That means the Lord will deliver me. Let's stand and watch and see what the Lord does. And you can say, Lord, you said you'd deliver me, so I'm just going to watch and see how you do it. See, we apply faith to it. Lord, your word says this, so I'm going to, I believe that your word is true. I believe that, I, that this affliction will leave my body, and, and I'm just excited to see how you're going to do it. You know, it may just be supernatural. It might just, it might just fade away. You know, most of the time when I'm dealing with things, they just kind of fade away. Uh, and, and so what, what is your faith, right? What is your faith in? Uh, so uh, all that to be said is there will be times when symptoms come into your body. There'll be times when, when things try to attack you. Physical sickness and disease tries to attack you. And so uh, what's your response in that moment? Uh, and, and my observation is a lot of Christians, when they get the doctor's uh, report, they immediately get into fear especially if it's serious, right? If it's not serious, like, oh, you know, big deal, right? But a lot of times, like, well, you got cancer. It's like, oh, the dreaded cancer, right? And of course, we don't wish any cancer on anybody, but mentally, what happens with most Christians when they get some kind of a diagnosis like that? Fear and dread, right? Uh, instead of, that's an affliction, let's see how the Lord gets me out of this. Amen? See, that should be your response. Well, you know, I told you when, when I went to the doctor, I was asking the doctor about, uh, at that time, I, I couldn't, I couldn't lift up either one of my hands, right? Uh, uh, one, one day, uh, my left shoulder, started, actually my right shoulder started hurting, so I couldn't even lift it up at all. Uh, and then about two months later, my left shoulder started, well, that's weird, you know, weird. Uh, and so I had my normal physical then, and 
he went through everything and he said, you got any questions? I said, well, yeah, this is going on. I said, what do you think that is? And he asked me some questions and he said, well, well that's arthritis. And my response was, oh, well, it's just arthritis, you know. He said, oh, don't say arthritis. Don't say it's just arthritis. That's a serious sickness. Yeah, but not to me. To me, it's just arthritis because the Lord heals that, right? Uh, and, and now that I got a name, I got a name that's above every name. And so that, that's all going through my mind. Oh, okay, well, it's just, because it's, oh, it's just that. Everything to me is just that because it doesn't matter what it is. It's just that. And so, I, I just, so now I got a name. Well, then arthritis, you got to go in Jesus' name. You know, and it just, uh, it, took, it took a while, it took a few months, you know. But, you know, arthritis doesn't just heal itself, right? You end up on some kind of, uh, I don't know what the medication is for arthritis, but you end up with that kind of stuff, and, and, then, um, uh, and then you're on that, you know, for a long time, amen? Uh, or that you got to go through all this changing of your diet and all these things, you know, to try to minimize those things. So, um, so the, Lord still, the Lord still heals, amen? amen? Many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers, delivers them out of all of them, and that affliction could be sickness and disease, and what I have found that oftentimes when I overcome some sickness and disease, it will try to come back within a month or two. And if I'll be diligent, then it fades away. And oftentimes it'll never come back. Uh, and so I've, I've had arthritis attack my hands and my shoulders and uh, my elbows uh, and, uh, you know, beaten all of them. And, and they haven't ever come back. Right. Uh, and so if it shows up anywhere else, we'll deal with that. And, and um, not, trying to, not trying to have a bad confession. It doesn't matter. I've just put the devil on notice. If it shows up anywhere else, you're going to leave there and you'll never return. Uh, and so uh, that should be our, our attitude about these things. Amen. Uh, and so that ends the chapter there. And that actually uh, is chapter seven. There's only nine. I think there's only nine chapters in this book. So we're close to the end of this book here. And then we'll start. We've got another book that we've already got prepared for the next, uh, uh, the next instruction there. Uh, you guys want to go through some questions here real quick? Uh, so there are eight questions in this chapter, right? Uh, and um, question number one says, who left a promise with the disciples about the return of Jesus? Who, who left a promise with the disciples about the return of Jesus? Well, we've got, the, we've got Jesus. We've got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit so far, right? Well, who's, who's the only other uh, spiritual beings that we haven't mentioned? Angels, here we go. So the answer is actually angel, right? In Acts chapter 1, remember the angel appeared to him, said that... John chapter 14, Jesus said... I I think everybody's right because it's pretty much true, right? Uh, uh, And so, you know, there are no wrong answers today, right? And so... (laughs) But specifically, uh, she was talking about uh, in Acts chapter 1 where where the angel appeared to him and said, you know, he who you saw leave will come in like manner, you know? Uh, And so... But I think everybody's right because Jesus said it about himself. The Father said, you know, so, you know, everybody gets an A. Everybody gets an A, right? So, um, yeah, you get a participation trophy. So uh, question number two was, what, what was the promise Jesus gave to the disciples in Luke 24? Uh, what was the source of the power from on high? Holy Ghost. Tear you in Jerusalem until you receive what? Uh, the power of the Holy Ghost, right? Uh, and so, uh, who was the promise for? What's the? Everybody, right? Uh, according to what verse? What does Acts two thirty nine say? To you, to your children, and to what? To those that are far off, right? And so that covers who? Everybody, right? And so anybody excluded from that? Well, that's not for us today. Well, he said it was to you and to your children and to all those that are far off. Right? Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but they can still find him, right? Even if they're far off, you know. Yeah, yeah, they are far off the beaten path for sure. Uh, and yet the Lord can still find him, right? Uh, and, and so, you know, it's to me, Acts 2.39, verses like that is to you and to your children and to those that are far off. How do you escape out of a verse like that? How do you say it? But it's not for me. It says it's for you. Well, it's only it's if it just said to you and your children. Yeah, see, after the first after the first generation, it, it was over. No, it's to those that are far off, right? Uh, and and yet uh, people will fight and argue about these things. And so, you know, when I was when I was uh, first got saved and they got saved in a charismatic church, they started telling me I, I need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's like I don't, what words are you using? 
right? I don't know, what words are you using? Uh, and we watched this cooking show, and, and they gave out the instructions to everybody about, uh, about how to cook this fancy meal, you know? And after the guy gave the instructions, he said, he said, I've never not known more about what something I've said than I just did right now. Because he gave him all these fancy cooking words, right? And, and I'm like, what did he say? And then at the end of it, he goes, I have no idea what I just said. Uh, and, so, and that's the way it was when people were telling me about the Holy Spirit. What are you talking about? I've never heard anything about the Holy Spirit. I didn't grow up in church or Sunday school. I didn't know anything about that. And so I started reading, I started reading verses. You know, for me, I had to, me, you know, some people, they get saved and get everything from God. It's just, it's just knowing, right? They just believe God. And just, they, get, they start talking in tongues. It's like, do you know what you're doing? No, it just seemed good, you know? And, and there's, you know, people like that. There's always, there's always somebody like that who breaks the curve, right? I'm the, I, I've never been that way. I've always, well, I got to find out what the Word says. And, and uh, let me go see what the Word says. And, and they would force, try to force it on me. Oh, you, need, you need it right now. Okay, fine, but I don't know what right now, I don't know what it means. And so I'd have to go read these verses to, to understand this stuff and get some context for my own personal faith. It wasn't like I had to prove to my mind about it, but I had no faith for it. And so, uh, you know, it was just uh, sometimes, you know, we're, uh, you know, and I understand that sometimes I'm slow about those things, but it's more, more that I'm um, uh, um, uh, tedious about it, you know, that, that just it's got to be, it's, I've got to have a, a good understanding of what the Word says and the promises in the Word. That's just the way the Lord made me, and so I'm fine with it. I still got it, amen? amen. Uh, and so uh, question number four says, why could Peter and John have confidence uh, that they could heal the man at the gate beautiful in Acts 3? Uh, they remember the words of the Lord, right? Which was the power. That, uh, everybody gets an A on that one too, right? Um, but uh, like you said, uh, Mr. Tony, about Jesus said the works that he would do, uh, that we would do. Uh, and so, I mean, there was that. And of course, we read Mark 16, right? The, so they had a lot of uh, foundational promises from the Lord that here's what's going to happen. And so they based their actions upon what was said. Uh, and, and that's really the way we should operate too. We should operate, uh, our actions should be based upon the things that were told us from the word of God. Well, he said, you'll lay hands on a sick and they'll recover. Well, I'm just going to assume that that's so, right? Because he said that it was so. So let's just assume that it's so. Uh, and that's really a good way to operate, amen? It's not, well, it's, it's not a good way to operate. Well, let's see if it works. Well, he said it would work. So if you say, let's see if it works, then, then you're not, you don't have faith in what he said was so. You, you're a little bit doubtful that, well, maybe what he said doesn't work, and so, you know, we're, we'll just try and see, right? And so, yeah. Let me ask you something. This yeah. has been kind of on my mind a lot lately. Uh, the guy, I think, that brought his son to Jesus that had the devil that would cast him into the fire and so on, and I think, that, I think I'm in the right text here, where the Lord said, uh, do you believe? And he said, I believe. Help me. Help thou not. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, my opinion, and some people have said that, that uh, when he said, help thou my unbelief, it's from Mark chapter 9, right? Help thou my unbelief, that he was referring to his son. But I don't believe that he was referring to his son. I think he was just talking about himself. I think that he had some level of faith because he brought the son to the disciples to begin with. So he, but I don't know that he had, when Jesus said, if you believe, I think Jesus confronted him immediately. Uh, and I think that confrontation you know, expose some level of doubt in his life. Well, I do believe to the extent that I brought him to you, but I mean, if you're asking for, you know, because a lot of times it said, according to your faith, uh, be it done unto you. So I, I think for him, he had enough faith to bring him to him that somebody else could heal his son, but he couldn't do it just in his own faith. Um, yeah. yeah, and it, yeah, go look so it up and... and well, the if shows his, his wavering faith, right? right yeah. uh, and so that's why I think that he was, when he said, help thou mind belief, I think that's what, uh, that's what he was talking about there, right? Uh, and so uh, that's what Jesus said in verse 23, Mark 9, 23, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Uh, and straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. So I think there was just some areas of his life where, you know, uh, and, and you know, a lot of people are that way. I, you know, I, I have faith for the doctors to have wisdom, but I don't have faith for God to heal me supernaturally. And the man had faith to bring the children, his child, to the disciples, but he didn't, he didn't have faith to get the healing on his own. 
because Jesus didn't say to him, like he said to many other people, according to your faith, be it done unto you. So, you know, so I cut the guy some slack because he did come, right? Yeah. He did seek out Jesus and the disciples. So he had some faith, right? Do you think we're in that condition sometimes when we're in need of especially Well, I think there's a lot of folks that are that way, right? That, that their, their level of faith is, you know, uh, and because we'll, we know that everybody's faith is at different levels, right? Uh, and, and it's even sometimes specific to the sickness and disease. Sometimes, oh yeah, headache, no problem. I got no problem with headaches. But if it's toe ache, I just can't get rid of this toe ache, you know. And, and uh, you know, some things people have, and, and I've even talked to other ministers about it. You know, why is it that, that some things people seem to really have an easy time to overcome, but then other things, the same person who can get healed over here seem to struggle with this area over here. Uh, and, and, of course, they didn't have an answer for it. And I, don't, I don't really have an answer for it either because it just depends on you. And, and part of it, I think, goes back to uh, if it's especially a chronic a chronic situation that you've dealt with for many years the the uh not not that you not to that you've accepted it but that it's been there that long and you've not seen any change you really have lost hope that it's going to change and so without some extra effort on your part because remember what jesus said at the end of that this kind comes forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting Uh, and so i you know in those areas if you struggle with some specific disease whereas otherwise you could overcome something then that's probably an area of doubt and unbelief. And Jesus had a good fix for that is to spend time in prayer and fasting. And that's really, if people struggle with that, what, if they, well, how do I fix this? This is, what, this is what I would tell them. I would tell them exactly what Jesus said, that there's, in that area, there's unbelief. And that, he said, that's a serious issue and you need to spend time, extra time in prayer and fasting. That fasting is only to, is to set aside specific time in prayer, right? It's not about the fasting, it's about the, time and prayer that's the issue you spend that that extra time to work out that unbelief out of your heart get that unbelief out for that thing right so whatever but if it's other things right oh yeah i got no problems with this but every time this thing happens i i, I got to go take a pill you know and that and that's fine but if you want to overcome that and you struggle with that one thing then go specifically to the lord's lord i'm here to spend time in prayer and fasting to get this unbelief out of my heart uh, and, and then the Lord, hopefully, you know, because that's what he does, he will show you the path that you need to take. Go, then go read these scriptures, meditate on these during your time of prayer and fasting, or spend time uh, of repenting for your doubt and unbelief, or spend time in, in you know, whatever the thing is, because sometimes it's, well, I can't overcome that because I feel like I made this mistake a thousand years ago, and so God won't heal me of this thing because uh, he'll heal me of other things, but because I made that mistake, he won't heal me of this thing. Well, the prayer and fasting should get you to realize that well, he'll forgive you of anything. And if he'll forgive you of something, then you need to forgive yourself and allow the Lord to forgive you. And then you get that unbelief out of your heart, right? So, so that's the prescription, right? If there's areas, and that's, that's all I can tell people. That's all I got the word for, right? Uh, we see this man, he, we see that he had some level of faith and Jesus confronted him because Jesus, he knows, right? Uh, just remember with the, the, the nobleman's son, uh, he said, uh, Jesus, he asked Jesus, come, come to my house. And Jesus said, you know, except you see signs and wonders, you won't believe. He said, I'm not going. Uh, and, and so uh, what, what was he trying to do? He was trying to get that man over the line of faith. And, and finally, the Bible says that the man heard the word and believed. And so Jesus never went to his house, even though when he came, his request was for Jesus to go to his house. So he had unbelief that the only way he could get healed is this way. Instead of just general faith is, Lord, you just do whatever you want. You come to my house, speak the word, you know, throw some anointing oil, give me a, it doesn't matter. It, I'm going to get healed. Just do whatever you want to do and, and they'll get healed. That's general great faith, right? But if you say, Lord, it has to be this way, well, then you've got unbelief that it can't be done any other way. And that could be a hindrance to you. So Jesus was trying to help the nobleman by saying, look, you're, you're getting this all wrong. You've got unbelief. You need to hear the word and believe that the word is sufficient. And the man got across the line. And I think that's what, exactly what the Lord Jesus was doing here. He told the man, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And of course, that, that was in response to, to, to the man said, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. So the man said, if you can do anything. So the man had doubt, right? If you can do something. Now, now you, maybe you can't do something. But if you can do something, it'd be great. If you can't do anything... It, we're not any worse off, right? 
So he had some faith because he came, but he didn't have enough faith to, to, to get it on his own. And so, you know, I think in that context that Jesus, like he always does, he sees the man where he's at spiritually, and I, I got to get you across the finish line. If I can get you across the finish line, you can get your son healed. And I think in this case, he didn't quite get the man over the finish line because remember it says that, uh, uh, that in verse 25, when Jesus saw the people come and running together, he rebuked the foul spirit and sang unto him. And so I think in response to all the looky-lookers who just want to come and see something exciting happen, that G, well, he just cut the thing short and say, well, you know, we don't have time to deal with this right now. We could, we'll take care of the son because I have compassion on the son. And so it wasn't the man's faith to get the son healed. Not entirely. It was some, to some extent because he brought up, right? So I give the man, you know, a good solid B plus on that uh, for effort and uh, because he brought the son, right? Some people are like, oh, that faith stuff, it don't work. Well, then you've got zero faith, right? This man had some faith, he brought the son. Uh, and so, but if you've, got, if you've got areas, I just can't get that thing to work, there's only one prescription. Jesus says it right here. This kind of doubt and unbelief uh, will not come out except by prayer and fasting. Uh, and people are like, I son, too much work. You know, they'll go and walk a mile every day, right? Doctor, you need exercise. They'll go walk a mile every day buy a treadmill, buy a bicycle, right? Go buy a gym membership. I mean, do all that stuff. Buy brand new, you know, $200 sneakers, uh, you know, to keep them getting shin splints. Uh, but they won't, they won't spend any time in prayer and fasting. So get it out of your heart. Get that, that doubt and unbelief out of your heart, right? Uh, and so uh, we've only got a, a few more questions here. Uh, what, what does our healing depend entirely upon? Where you look. Where we look, right? Uh, and so are you looking at Jesus? Or you're looking to the natural world. Uh, and and uh, this is number six. What power caused the crippled man in Acts chapter 3 to be healed? It's always the Holy Spirit. What do they, how do they prescribe the use of the power of the Holy Spirit over this man? The name of Jesus, right? It says, in, uh, his name through faith in his name has made this man well. So, so Jesus knocks out all the, all the voodoo uh, all the superstition right there. It's not the name of Jesus to get anybody healed. It's the name of Jesus through faith in the name of Jesus. I have faith that this name will work and do what it says. Some people say, if I say the name, something happens. That's, that's superstition. There's no faith, right? It's not the natural uh, event of you saying the name of Jesus. It's the event of you saying the name of Jesus backed up by your faith that the name of Jesus does what it says it's going to do. Uh, and he said, uh, question number seven is, to whom is given the promise that men can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Them that believe, right? So is it given to, uh, I mean, maybe that's splitting hairs, but it's really given to everybody, but who is it effective for? It's for them that believe, right? Uh, it's to given to people who don't believe, but it's not going to help them at all, right? Uh, and so last question is, how long will the name of Jesus endure? Forever, right? That's a gimme question. I know, you know, it's give me, sometimes you've got to at least have one gimme question, right? Uh, if, you, if you said God, like, what? what that's, that's, no, it's not God. It's, it's forever is the answer, right? Uh, the Holy Spirit. No, it's, no it's, 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 it lasts forever, right? <laughs> We're just going to say words you get an A, right? <clears throat> and so uh, the next chapter is the joy of the Lord. That'll be a good chapter there because uh, there's some things about the, uh, the Lord's you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff that, that indicates that, you know, you can have faith and believe God to overcome things, but a lot of times just living by faith, the general act of living by faith oftentimes will remove things out of your life with you, without you having to deal with that thing specifically. And so that's, that's a big part of, of us uh, uh, obtaining things from the Lord is, you know, what's your lifestyle, right? What are, what are things you say? What are things do you do? You know, what, what's your mental attitude about things? Uh, and, and so, you know, it's, it's pretty good deal right there. Amen. Well, let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So father, we thank you for your word and father, we thank you for the blessings of heaven. We thank you father for, uh, the things that you've given to us. We thank you father for the word of God, the spirit of God, the power of God. Uh, we thank you for the many methods and ways that you've given us to obtain healing. And so father, we, we believe all of them. And if you instruct us to, to use any specific method to obtain healing, we will employ that method, Father. And thank you that we will then obtain that which we have pursued in our lives. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. The Lord is good. Amen. Uh, and, um, you know, I think it's good uh, just that you asked that, that question, Brother Tony, because it's, 
you know, some things uh, you kind of see, but uh, articulating them uh, through faith is helpful, right? And so being able to work out how Mark chapter 9 fits in correctly with sound doctrine is, is helpful because a lot of times people will, you know, because they don't understand, they'll just kind of twist the weird doctrine like he was talking about his son or something like that, you know, and uh, I think sometimes it's helpful to uh, review it and review it again and review it again and keep going back over again until it makes sense. And to me, it's starting to make sense. Uh, You know, faith is not hard for me in the area of healing, but everybody's not there, right? And so there's a lot of Mark chapter 9 people that we need to help, amen? Yeah. They hear or read the words preached to them. They believe it. They go lay hands and people just miraculously healed. But over here, we listen to so many different preachers that teach you this and this and yeah. the gifts of the Spirit and this. And, and there's just a lot. There's a lot of confusion here. Yeah. And and there's a lot of attacks too. Yeah. There's a lot of attacks against the faith too, just in general, right? Uh, well, God doesn't heal and. And then there, there's a the whole uh, mentality of, well, well, if it doesn't work, I can always go to the doctor, you know. And so the desperate faith that we need to live by, oftentimes, we, we don't want to live that. We don't live in desperate faith, right? We want to live in, in convenient faith. And, uh, and so uh, we should have a desperate faith that God, you know, you're my only hope uh, for, for all things. Amen. Uh, and if he, because the Lord may instruct you, well, for you, then go to the doctor, you know. But that's still, that's still, if the Lord tells you that, then that's still faith. Amen. Uh, and so. Praise God. Well, let's get ready to receive the Tap News offering, and um, uh, we'll come back here next week. We'll start chapter uh, 8 there of uh, Dr. Yeoman's book, and then um, uh, we'll see how long. I don't know how long we started this. We'll have to go back and see our, um, our notes, how long we've been working this book here. But uh, we'll come ahead, Mr. Jared, and receive the offering. And, um, you know, I still in, enjoy teaching healing school. I think it's just a, a good area of... Uh, instructions for the church and the church needs to hear more about healing amen you know if we put a if we put a post on like facebook or something that hey we've got this new green gizzard juice come and get some of it and it cures everything that we would be full right but we say hey you know come to healing school we'll teach you how to get healed of anything you know you know (laughs) there's a lot of there's a lot of jaundice side eye looking right i don't believe that stuff there well that's fine you know Uh, uh, get your gizzard juice it'd be fine Amen. All right. Praise God. We blessed. We'll see you next Sunday.